0: Good afternoon. I'm Claudia Shamba filling in this week for Kimberly Martin. This is the June 14, 2018 edition of Real People of Orange County. It's my distinct pleasure to bring on two activists of the Orange County Poor People's Campaign, Lisa Peterson and Sean Roselius, and he'll tell me exactly how I need to say it. This campaign's genesis was some 50-plus years ago when Martin Luther King broadened his civil rights movement to include an entire class of the poor in our society. It's relaunching, folks, and our guests will bring it, it all the way to us right here, right now. We'll be right back after a short station break. Don't go away. You for staying tuned, everyone. My guests today, as I sub for Kimberly Martin, my name is Claudia Schell. My guests are two activists of the Orange County Poor People's Campaign, a movement reinvigorated from the 1960s. First. Lisa Peterson, who will who while working full time is also a human rights activist advocating on issues stemming from social economic injustice and racial discrimination. Mainly fair access to health care, proper food, good education, and permanent housing. Furthermore, to withhold and criminalize someone based on their But sex, race, religion, age, and social economic situation produces further corruption in our democracy, dividing people even further. The most recent endeavors include launching the Poor People's Campaign in Orange County, where she is co-chair for that campaign's steering committee. She earned her B.A., In communications and a minor in psychology, plus a master of science degree in organizational leadership from Southern New Hampshire University and recently obtained her certification in mediation from Orange County Human Relations. Our second guest is Sean Rosalias. Rosellus. Rosellus. Like I read Zealot. Zealous in there. Fine. Who's long been involved in community organizing. He served on the executive board of the Democratic Party of Orange County and for a term was a member of the California Democratic Party's Central Committee. In 2013, he moved to San Francisco where he attended San Francisco State University to pursue his BA in Labor and Community Studies. His own experience with high rent, low wages, single uh, single resident occupancy, uh, affordable housing, and unfair landlords moved him into becoming involved in housing justice issues. He's worked with various groups such as the Coalition on Homelessness, the San Francisco Tenants Union, and Unite Here Local 2 during his time in the Bay Area. So early this year, he returned to Huntington Beach and also joined on as co-chair of the Orange County Poor People Campaign Steering Committee. They both joined me in studio today. Welcome to Real People of Orange County, Lisa Peterson and Sean Rosales.
1: Thank you very much for having us. Yes, thank you.
0: So let's, we always have to start at the top, at the beginning. Tell us what... The camp. Well, I want. I'm looking at you two, and you look too young to remember when the Poor People's Campaign pivoted away and opened up what the Civil Rights Movement was doing in the '60s. So you're getting this as like a secondary resource. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely joining the re- the revival. That's for sure. I wasn't around for the first one, but um, you know, in a way, I don't. You know, I feel like you don't need to be. Uh, the issues are clear. The struggle is <clears throat> consistent. Um, you know, I. Uh, I like to think I would have been a member of the original Poor People's Campaign, but you know, failing that, I'm honored to be working with such a great group of people to revive the campaign.
1: Yeah, um, right there was Sean, and as well as if Martin Luther King Jr. hadn't been assassinated, the campaign still would have been going. You know, I'm sure when we were born. Well, I think some look at
0: that, looked at it at the time, and revisit it and consider maybe that was the the bridge too far for this civil rights leader to go and made him even more dangerous to the the status quo and might have been one of the reasons for his being so vulnerable to an assassination
2: Uh, i'm sure that's the case but um we want to be threatening to the status quo the status quo is hurting our people and um you know there's always going to be pushback when you fight for justice and there is a extreme level of bravery that you know each individual needs to take in order to uh fight for justice but um nonetheless uh you know i i a bridge too far is not quite the language i would use but nonetheless you know we're we're doing the right thing and regardless of the danger you know i believe we can win
0: no it, it's i'm i'm taking that as a, a, a from the perspective of those who begrudged this uh, what they thought was maybe a more um, malleable sort of not malleable it's not the word i want but but that it it was now going to move into a, a war opposition that a certain underclass was overly represented in the vietnam war and so that that's what i mean about others take on just how, how dangerous he was to the status quo so let's have you talk about last december 2017 when you along with others i'm going to name them because uh, some of them have already risked and have been arrested for some civil de- disobedience acts we'll talk about that tactic later but jan meslin pat alvizo mm-hmm. uh, Ed garza i think i've met garza and jeff merrick uh, when you kicked off the poor people's campaign here in orange county t- talk about what was going on in december what were some some of the meeting discussions and all
1: well, um, it started off in like towards the end of November. was attending. We were at an Orange County Peace Coalition meeting, and so those members, as well as um, several other people who were at the table with us, such as Alice Soto um, and, ex- and et cetera. We had um, someone had. A- it was actually Jan who asked, "Hey, who's going up to the launch and rally in LA for the Poor People's Campaign?" And we just kind of sat there We're like, oh, what day is that? And she's like, December 4th. And it's like, oh, that's like, that's a Monday. And, you know, it's like, well, is there anything going down here? So, you know, we jumped on our phones. We Googled, didn't see anything happening. And it's like, we have enough. We have our issues here in Orange County. And we need to organize and take care of what, you know, take care of our back and front yards. And so we decided at that point that we were going to go ahead and have a launch here in Orange County. We had less than nine days to go ahead and organize and, you know, execute this rally.
0: So for those of us newly acquainted with both of you, what's your skin in this game, in this movement?
2: Oh man. Um it's so hard to just pick uh pick you know t- a, a We've couple got areas hour together. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean there's so many things. I mean I um you know I come from a working class family, you know, I've uh you know I've worked a couple of minimum wage jobs, you know, I've lived the working class life, you know, I like to think and uh
0: That's where you you were reared in? A f-
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's the background that I come out of. And uh just looking around, you know, it's you know like especially with like coworkers and stuff it's so stark just the level of struggle that everyone faces you know we we work so many hours you know mul- sometimes multiple jobs for no money um you know people have to raise families with basically no outside help um you know it's it's uh you know it's almost like where wouldn't you have skin in the game the system is so total it affects every areas of our lives i feel like uh you know you have no choice but to try to make yourself hurt and try to do the right thing
1: how about you Lisa um, my stake goes is very deep see I was born into poverty and we lived in a trailer and my parents, where was that that was in, in Buna New Jersey South Jersey to be exact and so my parents fought a lot you know at times there was some food scarcity and it was just not a very a very good situation And then amongst the community at the trailer park, as you can imagine, you know, there's different things going on. For instance, you know, one of my best friends, his dad used to beat him.
0: And you were on top of each other. And it's a reasonably dense kind of settlement pattern.
1: Yeah, yeah. But there was a sense of community there. You know, regardless of what was going on in our lives, we knew who to go to for what. And we knew who to stay away from. I was lucky that eventually, you know, um, by the time I was like seven, my mom had met someone who was very much in love with her and ended up getting us out of the trailer park because she was working three jobs and he wanted to have more time with her and in with me as well. And so, you know, it was for him that got us out of there. And so we moved to Vineland, you know, still in New Jersey, just the next town over. And that was like more of a middle class town. But the thing is, is that even though we were in a middle class town and a house, that sense of community was then gone, and I was all of a sudden cut off from um, having support and people to relate to. So I ended up being like very alone in my own struggles through life. Just tell yeah. us what three jobs
0: did your mom have that she, that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, um, had to juggle.
1: The one that she had was a newspaper carrier, and so that was really the only time I got to spend with her. You know, because I would sit in the, her one of her in her you know car and wrap up a newspaper and you know put it in you know the little. You know the box, newspaper box, and everything. So that was my only time, really, quality time with her. Other than that, she worked as a bartender, and then she worked at nights for the Violent Development Center, and that was where the mentally and physical, physical, excuse me, mental and physical handicap had lived. And so, you know, she was she was um, a certified nursing assistant. She did eventually go back get her LPN and then her RN. Wow! But she still worked a lot, like six, seven days a week. And when she wasn't working, she was out helping other people because my mom just has a big heart and would literally, and even to this day, give you her shirt off her back if you need it. And Sean, some
0: some of the kinds of trades your parents were in,
2: uh, um, jobs. Well, let's see. Um, you know, my mother uh, worked as an accountant for a while. Uh, she picked up uh, various jobs in that field. Um, my father was a uh, aerospace engineer with Boeing but he passed away early on in my life so my mother was stuck raising uh, two kids by herself um, and going through that struggle um, yeah so mostly just like accounting work and stuff you know, in an attempt to try to just stay afloat in one of the richest places in the country
0: yeah where was that Orange County it, it was right yeah. okay right here so now that's I appreciate you're giving us some sort of background, some context, and that kind of a thing. And and I I'm certainly of the mind that everybody's got skin in this game because mm-hmm. there's a, there's an accountability issue as well as the sort of the old adage about you know floating ha- so many boats with a, a real investment in everybody. Mm-hmm. So um, I understand, but it's it's important to get better better acquainted here. Well as i understand it looking around uh the poor people's campaign it's broadened it was broadened from the civil rights movement but perhaps you could talk about um where well before we talk about how it's broadened now i i want to say bringing this movement onto more people's radar is the inestimable reverend william barber who has been leading the moral mondays and then he's He's done that for two to three years. Is that correct? And then he's sort of he's launched and transitioned into launching in earnest the poor people's campaign.
1: Reverend Barber has he's been doing. Excellent work for quite some time, and it's actually been over a decade.
0: A decade's done Moral Mondays um, out of North Carolina, right?
1: Um, I believe it was a decade for Moral Mondays. Um, I know that he became more active in the late 90s, and then I think in 2004, 2006, you know, he started becoming more engaged in the community and, and activism in, at the Capitol. And do you feel like
0: you're linked with? His leadership in a in a meaningful way i mean is it or do you have like regular kinds of sessions and he's sort of he's broadcasting something or your your membership is sort of weekly or regularly uh brought on board with that' Cause i that, that certainly i i find his feedback loop extraordinary in reinforcing the good and the constructive
2: Sean? Uh, well um you know when it comes to uh you know national movements in my experience in general um Mm -hmm. you know all the all the way out here in california we generally kind of tend to be on our own more so than you know in the east coast where leadership tends to be and the focus uh is usually bringing people in from the midwest i mean i've been on uh you know a few uh little learning conference calls with uh a few people and such but um when it comes to uh, uh, getting in touch with leadership, you know, I know we're really plugged in with the L.A. group and stuff. Okay. and um,
0: There's a critical mass in Southern California. Yes,
2: yes, there is. Absolutely. Yeah, we have a surprisingly big uh, group down here, I would say.
0: Right. With, what does it feel like? You have veteran organizers here? Or it's like sliding scale, veteran sort of in, interme- intermediate in, uh, kind of talent and sort of earnest brand new kind of participants?
1: There's a place for everybody in this movement, and that's how it looks here in Orange County, as well as in other counties all throughout California and across our nation. People young and old. For instance, I just went up to Sacramento for my third time this past week. So that was a rough, rough
0: one. Jan Jan was arrested then, right? Jan was arrested at the third week. At the okay, along with Pat. Yeah, was that the intention?
1: Yes, that was the intention, and it was also. um, I went out for arrest for the first week, and this past Monday. Uh, however, I uh, you know I participated in civil disobedience, but for some reason the police would not arrest anybody. So okay, we'll, I'm not we'll, getting teased. We'll so talk much about for that. that one. No,
0: right, right. <laughs> I I know I said we'll talk about that later, and I, yeah. I do want to when we talk about real specific kinds of actions and tactics and and how the organization supports people in that. Like you said, you were trained. But we'll get mm-hmm. into that. So let's talk then about then uh, the. This is a a regional local. It's not considered. It's not a chapter. It's it's Orange County campaign, and so um, are there, there. Let's talk first about what those national policies are that are being addressed here, so people really understand it and they can they can hear, they can see, recognize. Oh, so that's. That's how to plug in. That's what's what's being attended to. So, first, why don't you give us the array of the national policy issues that the Poor People's Campaign is attending to?
1: Right. Um. The campaign has four pillars: systemic racism, militarism, poverty, and ecological devastation. And so, and that's something that all, uh, yeah, that the chapters all across the U.S. That we're focusing on, and under each of those pillars, as you can imagine, there's subgroups because poverty doesn't isn't just poverty, poverty comes in various forms, systemic racism comes in various forms like gerrymandering, discrimination based on color through employment um, school housing, even voting rights right we'll we have developments
0: we can bring that up because you're I'm sure the, it's gushing the the water's gushing into your. Your boat here to, um, with developments coming at you so um, and so our is is the minimum wage part of the, a wage or a livable wage and uh, wage theft is that all a part of what you're yes also including in
2: the absolutely
0: as uh, uh, subset so well then uh, for those of you who've just tuned in. You're listening to real people of Orange County. I'm Claudia Shamba filling in this week for Kimberly Martin. My guests are Lisa Peterson and Sean Roselis. rosellis why do I I'm zealous? I've got I'm zealot. But. <laughs> Two members. They're co chairs of the steering committee for the Orange County Poor People's Campaign, talking about the the national call for moral revival is part of the name, the refrain with the People's Campaign, and we're talking about the national policies and the four peers, um, the the pillars. They're, you're all peerless in dealing with the four peer or your peers, totally peers. Yes. So, does the campaign make an effort to bring those peers? how they interact and relate to each other so that those peers are supported by the other pillars. Yes, they're they're
1: intersected. You know, um, poverty, when you look at it, you see that it affects people of color, not just white people, but people of color. You see that ecological devastation, what's going on in our environment and how it's affecting people and and they're getting sick. I mean, Flint, Michigan is a perfect example, you know, with the water situation there and people and just... Well, you
0: that's have so the sick. refinery town, I'm sorry, the refinery communities in Wilmington that are screaming out for relief from mm-hmm. that perpetual d- exposure to all that industrial. So are, are people from Wilmington are, uh, and uh, around L.A. and Long Beach Harbors, are they some, a, a part of what you're organizing around? That's not Orange County, but you're in the Orange County, but you're talking about Southern California. I don't know if that's
1: right part of it we're orange county and um there is interest coming out of long beach through um through several different organizations and so pretty soon i'll be linking them all together and just sitting with them until they've got their flow because long beach has their issues you know in each area we have our own separate issues and that's where if we're going to have change it has to start from again our front and back yards we have to clean them up we have to unite with one another And so, you know, back to your question, um, you know, Long Beach is is on board, and I know many, many people who are very excited about this campaign.
0: So Long Beach is but they are looking either toward Orange County or toward L.A. County and organizing?
1: Long Beach will organize in Long Beach. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, there's so many great, wonderful activists there, and... So you know, the, again, you know, Long Beach has separate issues from Orange Beach. I mean, excuse me, Orange Beach, Orange, Orange County. Well, that's a new. Pl- that's a. That's
0: a part of the county, right?
1: <laughs> we can make up a new county.
0: <laughs> or, no, Orange Beach, that was copywritten on this show, folks.
1: <laughs>
0: Lisa Lisa Peterson owns that. So, um, I I guess that you've got uh, quite the a plethora of organizations that have been at these things. So that is a kind of a dance, I guess, to to bring everybody coalescing on uh, around these principles. So who's like... Because I know that in Jan Meslin's case, she's been working with a lot of immigration issues yes. and environmental issues. She's wearing about four to five hats when I continue to count. But uh, how... Who and how are you coalescing to make yourselves even more formidable with your tall, tall orders?
2: Well, I think, you know, the fact that we've gotten such an interest from such a wide array of different types of activists, I think, says a lot to the project that we're trying to put together in the first place. One of my favorite things about the Poor People's Campaign is that, um, you know, I feel like there is a trend of, campaigning for single issues among the left sometimes and I think that we do need to kind of go back to a greater to a sense of greater politics and um we you know bringing everyone together I think has been you know everyone in the same room is a a great first start um how we make those all coalesce um we have different working groups uh within the poor people's campaign so different people can funnel their specific energies into whatever um whatever little project they want to take up. Uh, you know, something I like to say is that we're not a leaderless movement, we're a leader full movement. You know, anytime somebody wants to pick up a project or take, you know, any pillar in whichever direction they want to go, you know, they've got a group of uh, experienced activists and brand new people to help them with it, whatever they choose to pursue.
0: Lisa? Coalescing? I mean, where have you seen how that's... who's coming on board and... I mean, because that, I mean, it's not just the left um, individuals with single issues, but there's also organizations that sort of, they, they own the way they do it, mm-hmm. and how, and with whom, and all that sort of thing. So I, I just, I mean, I can think of so many people, but I, I'm just, it's got to be a, a trick here to, to coalesce. Yeah,
1: yeah and it's a beautiful trick, actually, if you think about yeah. it, because we all have our strengths. We all have tools we all have something to bring to the table that's unique and, and looking at the group and what they have to bring that's what we use to go ahead and for our movement okay so
0: I guess I I see this it's huge it's a huge bite to chew on and I, I guess maybe I, I'm I'm taught in how journalism can be most effective is about telling the story of let's say maybe maybe there's new members now they've not been involved politically before we've seen them showing up in mm-hmm. all kinds of identity politics movement politics but maybe you could tell us about some new people that have joined or some uh, well we can talk about the Sacramento uh, gathering and that kind of thing but so how can we learn about what the poor people's campaign is. so it, it people can really fully identify with it and they'll remember better with some kind of a personalization in a story you can tell us with a, a member who's who's on board it could be somebody who's just finally started to vote it could be somebody who was foreclosed upon i said none of this anymore or somebody who's fi- tra- traced a series of public health bouts a, a Let's say family sorts of um disease patterns, and they're saying it's an environmental justice thing, and we need to you know act on that so uh, I, is there some kind of a a tell that comes to your minds about the the affiliates with the poor people's campaign, maybe board members maybe um you know are you going to to schools and saying, you know this is this is a important large movement to to be a part of and your vigor is needed and and so they they sign on i don't know if there's some kind of stories that come to mind
1: um i feel like i've been telling a lot of stories um i go out to different groups uh, the humanist group in orange county um different churches i've just um like the church of foothills i'll be speaking at the universalist church in fullerton next month I've been to the university, high school here in Irvine, and spoken to you know to what was that all about?
0: That's right down the street from here. Yeah, what what was was your program?
1: That um, I talked about the Poor People's Campaign. It was their social science program, and so they had a special that day where they had about twenty speakers that came in, all from different organizations. That wasn't
0: Mr. Kessler's class, was it? I think so. So that that guy is like the natural for one this. Of them. Okay. Yeah, I had to. Yeah. He shakes their cages all the time. I'm <laughs> he doesn't surprised he hasn't really. burned out by now. He's been shaking so many <laughs> cages so many years. But anyway, so well, that's so. What was what was that like that interaction? Because that the children, demographic's a pretty entitled
1: one. That was a g- um, I found this. I found the time with the students to be actually uplifting and encouraging. Because, you know, um, I went through and I, you know, gave a brief history about the Poor People's Campaign. And I reminded them that, you know, as they're, you know, becoming drivers and and responsible adults, that, you know, that they're just one car accident away from being bankrupt. And how easy it is that we can lose everything in an instant and our lives can forever change. I was also able to talk to them about, um, what is it, um, generational discrimination, where, like, for instance, you know, we, I talked about the homeless situation so I'm with, um, with the um, housing so is a home in Orange County, and we've done, we work with the homeless population. And so anyhow, um, I asked them, I was like, you know, when you hear about a homeless person, or you see them, what do you think? You know, one of the words was lazy, you know, doesn't care, drug addict, alcohol, so on. And I'm sure, you know, other people, and there's other words out there. But then I asked them, like, where did you hear that from? and it was very quiet you could hear a pin drop and so I asked I was like well let me guess I'm like you either heard it from a politician or you heard it from an adult because you know as kids that's where we hear our things from we're from people older than us and I asked and the next I was like well where did that adult hear it from where do you think they heard it from and it's like, probably another adult. And I was like, where do you think that adult heard it from? From another adult. So, what we're doing is that we're using terminology, maybe different wording to describe a person or a situation, but we're still using hurtful terminology to discriminate against people and criminalize them. Instead of giving someone a hand up, what we're doing is actually just dis- further kicking them down and not helping them any. So, um, so and that, that was very surprisingly, that was very well received.
0: And they were attentive, No, but the screens are put away, and there was... Yeah, there, no they, phones, there no iPhones. They, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't your request, it was just the way the teacher set up the class, or the setting? It's just
1: They were just there. It was, it there. was a really neat attentive. experience. Yeah, and, by, and kudos to all teachers, because I only spoke for four periods, and I'll tell you, by the time I hit the third one, I was just like... Oh my gosh, I'm repeating myself again and I'm just getting tired.
0: <laughs> well, it's another <laughs> so, class. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just but, you know, but still I had to keep, you know, keep the energy up and keep, you know, keep them engaged and everything. And so for the teachers that do it, you know, especially I don't understand why teachers are underpaid these days because they have to put up with so much and they just have so much to give and that's just very tiring work. So my hat's off. Yeah. So my well, rat. well let Lisa think of some more stories Sean this you gotta have some stories
2: for us um well I mean you know like like Lisa mentioned you know outreach is actually a really big part of uh, what we do we've talked to a lot of different organizations and uh, given a lot of different presentations to different groups and uh, you know we've all got stories everybody does you know I sometimes talk about you know my own personal struggles in San Francisco you know live in with you know five people you know working for minimum wage going to school you know, having to, you know, just uh, struggle every day. And then we have, um, you know, pretty much everyone's got their own special story. It's hard to nail down just a few, um, you know. Organizational
0: stories. So how people are signing on and... Well, like, for example, you know... The revelation's like, oh, this is what's... This is the personalization of a poor person.
2: Well, you know, we have people from... um, uh, veterans Against War uh, or Veterans for Peace, right? And um, you know they they you know they've always got really powerful stories. Like I remember the I think the first uh, presentation me and Lisa actually did together. Uh, Pat Aliso was there and um, she talked about you know her son going to war, how he brought. You know, he he was trying to you know bring soccer balls and stuff, so he would play with the kids while he's there. But when you actually show up, you realize that's you know because we see you know movies like The Hurt Locker and stuff where they do things like that, and we're like, okay, that you know must kind of be what it's like over there. But you actually go over there, and you know you're not making friends with the locals, you're kicking down doors, you know, terrorizing families. And, you know, she talks about how, you know, every time he leaves, he comes back a different person. You know, I don't want to tell, you know, her story too much, but it's, I've heard it a couple of times, and it always stuck with me. I always thought that was, you know, it would be such a powerful thing for a parent to have to go through. I don't have kids myself, but, you know, even without that, I still just, it's got to be heartbreaking.
0: And he's back now from serving?
2: I I believe, I believe so. I think he might, you know, just be back for now i think he might go do another tour or something he um
1: yeah he's he's not able to um adjust to you know everyday life such as you know what we live in what we experience every day because war does change you you know my high school sweetheart you know um went off to be a green beret and each time he came back he was just a different person and then eventually you know he just when he last time he came home it was in a body bag
0: oh my goodness
1: yeah i mean that's what war does it destroys people
0: Oh, my condolences. Wow. So you do this with him in mind?
1: Partially. He's, he's one of the... He's one of the reasons, and also, you know, I joined mil- the military at one point in time because... Which coming branch? from a small town army. Okay. Coming from a small town, um, you either got married, you went off to college, or you worked in a factory. And so... Um, None of those three really appealed to me, and not like I could afford college anyway, but I just needed some time off, you know, dealing with all those years of school. It was just, you know, just needed a little break. And so not being sure what to do, so I joined the military, I joined the Army, and it was going to be a military police officer. And one morning out in Cadence, during boot camp, we were singing, and um, the Cadence was like, the grass is green, 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 shoot to kill, kill, kill. Now it's full of blood, and it's red, red, red. And it was as though, as I was saying that when I said those words, yeah, yeah, steps, hold them, you know, carry my M16 with the full pack and saying those words, and it was like someone came up and slapped me in the head and I was like, holy cow, I seriously made a very bad mistake and I don't belong here because I can't, I I don't even like to kill a bug. You know, if I, you know, if I swat at one and accidentally kill it, I feel bad for that because... Who am I to take that bug's life? And so, and, you know, but at the time when I was, cons- you know, going and looking, I was looking to get out of a bad situation, out of bad home life. And I thought going there, at least, you know, there's discipline, you know, money for college, you know, monthly paycheck, food, just, you know, everything will be all right. But no, I went in, it was a different story. There were women, when we first got our paychecks, there were women that broke down and cried because it wasn't enough money for them to be able to support their family and they, they were going to have to leave the army. Can you imagine that having to leave the military because you're not it's getting not enough money? Not enough. Yeah. No,
0: I can't imagine. I can't. Wow. So we'll just go back whenever you the so finger goes up in the air, and you think, uh, you know, I've got another tell for uh, for for members because I I'm I'm interested in where grassroots organizers can impart that what that crossing that into that zone of, of being politically active and what what a person gains from that and um, making that a real clear message for people that are listening. So let's talk about the extent to which, like when you're in these rallies and demonstrations, like in Sacramento, that the Poor People's Campaign is training people with various levels Of involvement in civil disobedience. So, what are the there's all there's all kinds of roles everybody can play. Not everybody risks an arrest. Some people Mm -hmm. are sort of the backup. But so, what kind of training does Poor People's Campaign offer?
2: Uh, Well, uh, there's a lot of different roles if you don't want to be a moral witness and uh, risk arrest. You know, just for example, in in Sacramento, I was not a moral witness myself. I brought my video camera and uh, was a documentarian and uh, made. Uh, you know worked with the uh, uh, arts and culture committee to make a little video of it and it's available on our website uh, and
0: and we'll, we'll give everybody a chance to um, to follow you
2: in all those various ways. Awesome. And you
1: have uh, moral support, too, because I was going to go to jail.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah that's another I thing. Moral support, because when people go to jail, you know, there's the inevitably the question of what's going to happen to all my stuff. You know, I've got my phone, i got my wallet, I might have a backpack. Mm-hmm. So you, you pair somebody up with uh, another activist that's not going to jail so that they are responsible for all your things. You have
0: to make sure. I know one pair that he got arrested. He was supposed to be the moral support person, and he ended up getting scooped up in it. Oh. I don't know if it was, oh, it was that like that he was in the moment or oh. the he was in the law enforcement moment. I'm not sure. But it, so that's, everybody has to know their role. It has to stay defined. Oh,
2: yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because <laughs> we also have. Um,
0: and these people were like in their late 60s, early 70s oh, when that happened. Oh, gosh. <laughs> those poor things. <laughs> but they they were veterans. But anyway, so and so the, let's talk about, yeah, all the dimensions of this civil disobedience.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, like when I went to Sacramento just for the very first week, you know, the first time we're ever putting it really together, I was surprised how organized. This the, is pre-primary, all this. Uh, yes, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we had uh, a peacekeepers where if, you know, because there's always the, um, you know, the concern that somebody that doesn't agree with us is going to show up and try to, you know, cause problems. So we have designated people to just, you know, talk with them, de-escalate the situation, you know, try to keep everybody safe. So uh, there's, tr-
0: there's experts in the campaign who know how to de-escalate. That's, that's got to be a skill set. Oh, yeah, yeah. We also have. To had, train.
2: Yeah, well, you know, of course, we had brothers and sisters from the National Lawyers Guild there to help us out, you know, that, you know, great organization. Um, you know, we got a lot of help from a lot of different campaigns that either directly made up or were affiliated with the campaign. So, you know, it's, it's um, surprising just how many experts we have because, we, you know, it is quite a diverse group of people. We do have a lot of people that this is the first time they've ever gotten, in act, you know, active in politics, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's Trump or just their own personal life. So, uh, you know, it's a uh, the poor people's campaign is a really great place to come and learn how to how to politic and how to organize. Honestly, you got a really wide range of experiences to draw from.
0: Okay, everybody they can see their role. There's there's oh, there's yeah, it's for everybody.
2: It's well-defined. You can figure out like whatever you want to do. They'll figure out a way to put you somewhere to make it happen.
0: Okay. For those of you who've just tuned in, you're saying, that's not Kimberly Martin. You're right. (laughs) This is Claudia Shambaugh, filling in for her, and my guests today are Lisa Peterson and Sean Roselles, two members, co-chairs of the steering committee for the Orange County Poor People's Campaign, talking about now the civil disobedience aspect of this and so is there going to be um let's find out what's some of the the next places where you might be using civil disobedience maybe there's some fundraisers there's training there's other um churches i i don't know i mean you're going to be at the county fair let's i mean where 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 are you going to be showing up
1: Okay, <laughs> Sean and I are just in case anyone's wondering why I got quiet. Sean and I looked at each other like, okay, who's going to answer this one? Um, so where are we gonna we're going to show up, we're going to show wherever wherever we see an opportunity. Because as Dolores Huerta, you know, stated, you know, um, in activism, you know, every every moment is a is an opportunity for activism. So, you know, we're we're out there. looking to see where it is where we can table, where we can, you know, show our presence. You know, there's a 40 days of action going on, granted across the nation. For civil disobedience, but we actually have our own direct action going on here in Orange County. So for instance, like um, tonight, we um, Orange County Racial Justice is um, showing a city rising. It's a gentrification film screening at Youth on the Move. Um, headquarters in Santa Ana on 17th, right? Oh, exact address on 17th. Um, exact address. Give me a. Few okay, well, we'll t- we'll get here. to there. So let's. Yeah. Um, that starts tonight at what time? At seven o'clock. Seven p.m. Youth on the move on 17th Street in Santa Ana, and I am pulling. And up.
0: so that's going to be that's north of downtown, not by much.
1: No, uh, that's right. Well, gosh, it's um, it's not quite near downtown. So if you take the 17th exit, say, off of the 55 or the 5 freeway. And give me one more moment. So
0: in Santa Ana, I think, is is it going to be to the west of Broadway and Grandar and all those? I think that's to the west of that. East. It's east of... Okay. It's east
1: and... Compton. Oh, sorry. Okay,
0: so that is one um, city rising. Youth on the move. City rising is the place. That's Uh, the title.
1: City rising. That's the name of the um, of the film. It's a gentrification film film screening. And
0: what's the the um, setting for this?
1: On the setting for this, um, like I mentioned, Orange County Racial Justice Collaborative, um, along with the Poor People's Campaign, you know, they're h- co-hosting together.
0: And the the word the gentrification is happening in the documentary. Is yeah, that, is that a, a West Coast, Southern California theme, or
1: um, the movie actually analyzes six California communities okay. that are undergoing gentrification, and one of those, um, two of those, are Santa Ana and Long Beach. So very locally yeah. based there. Oh my yeah. goodness! And on um, the Chicanos Unidos and um, Proje, Santa. Ana Anna, I hope I said, said that correct. Roll um, we'll, will be there. So,
0: so I hope that can be another venue because we don't give everybody any time. They've got a, they've got two hours to plan on this, and that includes a, a rush hour in the middle. All that, so you can
1: come a little late. I'll be a little late because but, right before that, there's um, a rally going on. Ice out of OC, abolish ice. It's a rally in March at two eight zero one North Westwood Avenue in Santa Ana. Westwood? If, West, Northwestwood? Um, West, yeah, Westwood Avenue. Okay. If you go to the Poor People's Campaign, Orange County, California Facebook page, you'll see the address and everything for that event. And that rally in March starts at 5 o'clock.
0: Okay, right when we end the show in yeah. 15 minutes.
1: So Keep. when this ends, I'm running out the door, getting in the car and burning rubber. <laughs> no, not really, but you know, I'm going to go to that and, okay. and stand in solidarity and then go to the film screening. So that film is... it's. Not part of the organization, but I'm really
0: interested in making sure that can be shown all other places. So, what are some Mm -hmm. other? You were talking about the film Mm -hmm. "Ice Out of OC" that's happening before the film, also in Santa Ana, and some.
1: Oh, here's a great one that I have to mention. It's a Disney protest for a living wage, and so summer. It's the kickoff for summer of the people for their uh, campaign. And then um and Poor People's Campaign Orange County is co hosting with them.
0: So I'm currently right there. Ariana Brezenio is, is the um the union activist that um, is she going to be part of that? She's always showing I and mean, I'm hearing her also on local public radio. Right so but is she coming to that?
1: I'm not one hundred percent sure. Okay. I would have to ask um a few people. I'm new to summer the people um, I met that met that group through um, Housing is so a human right O. C. Okay. So that's
0: and that will be um let's see that
1: oh uh, that'll take place on um actually on thursday june twenty first at nine p m
0: start
1: uh, um nine p m yeah nine p m because
0: yeah. maybe of a shift or something but peop- that's but that should be mid shift though for the
1: so the well, it's you know it's a busy time, you know during the summer, a summer solstice going on, and so yeah. That's when they're oh, doing. No, I'm
0: wondering if that's timed for when people are starting to leave the park and watch the fireworks, the fireworks from there, where their yeah. car is parked for nine ninety nine at a slot there. Oh my goodness! Well, that's a, and so people then can follow. They missed this event.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, these we have others. That yeah,
0: at the. Orange County Poor People's Campaign Facebook page. Yeah. That's how it will be. It can yeah. be pulled up easily that way.
1: Yeah, our Facebook page or our website. You know, again, our website is um, OC Poor People's Campaign.
0: And that's going to be that's a national website. And then is there a local oh, tab? That's,
1: no, that's actually our that's our website OC, here for Orange County. Sorry, so Orange
0: County. you. if right.
1: anybody is looking for you know actions, something going on here in Orange County, you'll find us. So we made sure to cover our our bases because we want to call in anybody and everybody that wants to help
0: okay well that's that's what we want to know how people can follow you power
1: the people so
0: I guess I if you could just help me understand the demographic who's who's falling in step here who's helping out is it are you drawing on all kinds here um
1: yeah Yeah, a lot of people, um, surprisingly, a lot of people don't know about the Poor People's Campaign. I know. Because we depend on media. We depend on word of mouth. And so, you know, we ask when members come on board, et cetera, please spread the word. Even if you don't have time to join this movement, share this movement with someone else and let them know that this is going on. Because if we want any change in our community and our lives for other people, we have to unite. We have to set aside our differences and we have to look at what it is that we agree upon. And, and work from there because what we've been doing up to now has not been working. And so, this is the way.
0: Two things um, in terms of electoral politics who's carrying the water in a genuine way? Who's in running for political office? And, are. I mean, one of the problems in lower income sectors is a disenfranchisement. Sum- M- much of the time, not enough people yeah. participating in electoral politics as voters. I'm not talking about running for office. right? And sort of voting for your best self-interest. Is that an, a part of the charter? Because I, I know William Barber, uh, he identified enough with one political party. He was like, the he had like the poll position speech in the Democratic National Convention mm-hmm. on the last day of their convention. Right. That's the first time I ever even heard about him i'm coming late to this show okay so uh the two prongs so who's what candidates really amaze you in their genuine understanding of root cause how to how to support and advance this and how you're making sure everybody that you're advocating for every one of them turns out in votes not in, in, in just general elections but like last tuesday last week
1: right um you're probably ask. well, I'm probably not the right person to ask because I'm not a Republican are. or Democrat because oh. I feel that both parties have let me down seriously on all avenues. And I also, but also identify with each party in little in different aspects. And so I don't, I hope to not see like our campaign go for one political party. Now, I'm asking for candidates. Candidates. Yeah. Um, and now
0: we've, we've pared it down considerably after the primary of yeah. June 6th, but June 5th, I'm sorry. So, um, I mean, unless you're here to say, well, not, we're, we're sorry. We're kind of, there's a dearth of yeah. them. So Still. it's, uh, it's on the people to vote yeah, for, it is with, with a, a strong charter behind their vote.
2: Yeah. We have a lot of individual members that are helping out with campaigns uh, at, you know, as individuals and we support them fully. I mean, or maybe as members of the poor people campaign, that'd be mm-hmm. fine too. Uh, we, as like a, a local organization, um, we, the, the election is kind of a, um, a topic we haven't um, like really gone into detail with yet because there are differences of opinions among our members. Like I, you know, I know in my biography it says I was a member of the Democrat, but I kind of left that group a long time ago, um, and I'm certainly not a Republican. Uh, so you know, right this second, I would imagine that you know we're empowering our our you know individual. Uh, people to help out with campaigns and of course we're encouraging people to vote and such but um, I think we're not directly getting involved in any specific campaigns or anything at least this time around maybe in the future
1: yeah because as we know um, politics divides people and this I'm not looking to divide people I'm looking to bring people in regardless because poverty, racism militarism, ecological devastation affects all people
0: so I guess what I'm trying to pull out here is whether it's a tactical or strategic matter that you're turning out voters Mm -hmm. in those you're advocating for so that that demographic is seen as an entity in electoral politics because it's it's at this point my understanding is it is an underrepresented sector they're not voting in large enough numbers and that's where that chicken and the egg happens where well i'm not going to worry about it cuz they're not they're not in, they're not participating so political ab or d they they're not accountable they're not responsible for policies that lift those all boats
1: right and and no effect having coming from a poor background and you know even as an adult dealing with um the disparity in income and etc I can tell you that when I was working multiple jobs and looking at my mom it was exhausting I had very little hope very little faith in the system that anyone cared or that change could be done so that's why this movement is so powerful because it's people power when I say people power it's giving another person a hand up not a hand down not looking down upon another again lifting a person up so that way they can get back on their own two feet and know that they have that there is hope out there and as far as politics is concerned, there's many wonderful organizations in Orange County that are um, that are doing their due diligence to get people signed up, to get them out to the polls and vote. And I highly encourage and support them in continuing to do that work. Yeah. Lisa, Sean.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I think the um, the original Poor People's Campaign shows that uh, you know, obviously, elections are not the only way to make a change. You can make your voice heard by going out in the streets, by being part of a of a movement, not just a campaign. Um, but you know, honestly, I don't really see any candidate in our immediate area that fulfills all of the four pillars. I mean, you know, I could be wrong there, and that would be a you know worthwhile discussion, but. Um, You know, we are like a moral movement, not necessarily um, just trying to, you know, we're not a compromise movement.
0: Okay, well, we certainly we're grappling now with emergencies for our underprivileged classes Mm -hmm. in here. And it's not not just that it's intense, but it's it's growing that this poor people's campaign is only going to get bigger. Correct. And, and more people have to understand they are an, an emergent sort of member of a broadening and expanding poor class. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there's plenty going on here yeah. in the way.
1: We need leaders. We need people from all backgrounds, all cultures. Just we need people power. We need leaders at our table to help us, you know, come and represent your group, come represent your culture. Et cetera. And, um, and I'd love to see students organize, even at the high school level, because they can have their own groups and have a representative, you know, to come and sit at the table with us and share ideas with and help us move together f- to move forward together and no- not one step back.
2: And, you know, even if you can't come to every single meeting, you know, you don't have the time to be, you know, officially a member of the leadership committee. Like, that's fine. Come on down. You know, whatever you can give. If you can only go to an event once in a while, that's fine. You know, come say hi. You know, we're really great people. And uh, we hope to see everybody there.
0: Next yeah. meeting. Just like the business meeting. Not the mm-hmm. special events. When or is that? special events. Come right, to anything. Right, right. No, yeah. that's. but I don't know when the, the you're uh, r- regularly yeah. attending meetings, yes.
1: um, convening. We are... So, our next one is scheduled for... Wednesday, July 18th. The okay. social time will be from 6 to 6.30, and then our meeting will begin at 6.30. And it's at IHOP, across from the Santa Ana Airport. So i oh. McMarth... Bic- Buh, excuse me, I can talk here. MacArthur Boulevard. <laughs> oh, MacArthur? <laughs> Correct. Santa
0: Ana. MacArthur and
1: um, it's General... MacArthur, it's directly across from the airport. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good.
0: Well, I... So appreciate the two of you came down on actually minus notice today to (laughs) to be my guests today. I want to thank Lisa Peterson and Sean Rosellis, both of the Orange County Poor People's Campaign, talking about standing up for everybody, bringing the hand out to bring up less well off. Thank you so much for being on Real People of Orange County.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Thank
2: you.
1: Thank
0: you. Well, want to thank everyone for listening. Take care.